Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the CCGI podcast. Last week we interviewed Dr. Elizabeth Angier and discussed chiropractic in the UK. I learned how to speak Welsh and we also discussed an app called Carrot, which we need to briefly discuss again. Unfortunately, this app is only available in Ontario, BC and Newfoundland, which is why some of our listeners weren't able to download it. This week, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Tony Tibbles, Dean of Clinics at CMCC. And before we interview Tony, Kent and I would like to discuss the recent CCGI National Survey. Um, hi Kent, how have you been? Uh, I'm doing all right, Galen. I think Norm Peterson from Cheers said it best. It's it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so so I, I know uh, the CCGI released a survey to Canadian chiropractors uh, a week or so ago. Uh, what can you tell us about the survey? Well, the survey is actually a follow-up to, to one that we did a few years ago um, where we're trying to assess kind of current, current levels of knowledge and attitudes towards evidence-informed or evidence-based clinical practice among Canadian chiropractors. So we did, uh, we did this one a few years ago and it was, you know, we had an okay, well, it was a low response rate. Uh, so we're really trying to drive the response rate up this time around. We actually changed up the instrument a bit so that we're using something that's a little shorter and a little more user-friendly, uh, but still gives us the, the same valuable information. And that'll hopefully help us with some of our programming as we're moving forward. Great, and and uh, and it should be pretty quick to complete, right? It's about fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, we we've been keeping track of, of respondents, and most respondents are, are able to complete it in under fifteen minutes. And it's it's going to be open until uh, the middle part of March. Okay, and uh, for those like myself, I was definitely incentivized by the uh, opportunity to be entered into a draw for one of the twenty five hundred dollar gift cards. Uh, keep in mind that's not a $2,500 gift card, that is $2,500 gift cards, uh, which, which is a good incentive to, uh, to take part in the survey. And it's open till March, right? Yep. Yeah, I believe Fantastic. March 15th will be our closing date. Great. Well, well let's get on with the show. Uh, let's introduce today's guest. Dr. Tibbles graduated from CMCC in 1990 and completed its clinical sciences residency in 1992, becoming a fellow of the College of Chiropractic Sciences. His position at CMCC is Dean Clinics. Dr. Tibbles has been in independent practice with a group of health professionals for more than 15 years. Tony is also one of the three CCGI opinion leaders in Ontario. So thank you for joining us, Tony. Well, I'm glad to be here. Um, thank you for asking me to contribute. Yeah, we're really grateful that you, we know you're a busy guy, so we appreciate you giving us the time. Now, Galen and I are both CMCC, CMCC graduates, but we have some of our listeners who didn't study at CMCC, and then some who haven't been at the college in decades. Um, what can you tell us about the, sort of the evolution of, of the clinics at CMCC and some of the current initiatives at the college? Sure, I'd be happy to. The clinic system at CMCC is always evolving. And uh, for many people, they'll remember that for a large part of our history, we actually had two clinics. And then for a period of time, we had a, a single clinic as we were transitioning uh, into the, the new space. And the nice thing is that now we have more opportunities for learning. We have se seven clinics at which interns can be placed as, as their primary placement. And then two elective clinics that they can do in addition to those. And we also offer two week-long external experiences. One is with the Friends for Life bike rally, which takes place every summer. That's a fundraiser for the Toronto People with AIDS Association. And our, our students travel along with that rally from Toronto to Montreal and provide treatment to the, to the riders. 
And then we also have a, about a 10-day excursion to the Dominican Republic every spring. And uh, that's a really interesting opportunity for students to travel from Canada to a, a, uh, an environment where they don't have a lot of the infrastructure that we have in the CMCC clinics. So it's always evolving. We're always looking at new opportunities, but that's where it stands now. I actually like to think that we, we have a good broad spectrum of opportunities in different models. We have clinics in everything from specialized population clinics like at Anishinaabe Health Toronto in a community health center like South Riverdale. We're involved in a healthcare facility along with two family health teams and a variety of outpatient and inpatient services at the Sherburne Health Center. We're embedded within an academic family health team in St. Michael's and within an outpatient clinic of a rehabilitation hospital at St. John's. And of course, we have a storefront operation as a chiropractic clinic in our Bronte Harbor site. Yeah, it's really nice that there's such a diverse you know, range of opportunities for students these days. What can you tell us, or like, what are some of the future plans uh, for, for things happening at the college clinics? Well, we're always exploring new opportunities, and uh, we're, we're doing that right now. In fact, over the course of the next few months, we'll, we'll have something to announce on that. We've been looking at both new clinics as well as expansion of existing clinics, and it's always it's always interesting to make sure that these are a right fit for CMCC. We, we always evaluate these opportunities in terms of educational opportunity, um, research opportunities, partnerships with community organizations. And so in fact, th there's a quite a process that we go through, but we're, we're, we're working on some things and we'll probably be able to announce that over the next while. One of the mandates that, that I've said is that I'd like to have more external placements than internal placements. Right now we're, within a few. Uh, I think in last year's class, we were within a half dozen. And I'd like to see the external placements uh, continue to increase. I think that offers students a really good mix when they can have some time at the college, because that has certain structure and camaraderie around that. And then some time at an external clinic where the connections that they can make with community partners and specific patient populations can be challenging in a, in a good way. Great. Um, now, uh, switching gears a little bit, um, we were hoping to ask you a bit about um, uh, your role in, with the CCA and their working group. In a previous podcast with Michael Heitschu, we discussed the CCA's role in the opioid crisis. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your role in the CCA working group? Sure. I was actually really happy to be part of the the, uh, the group. It was the National Advisory Committee on the Use of Opioids, and it, it, it included several chiropractors from across the country. And as you, as you both know, it was actually a really good opportunity to come together and strategize around what kind of recommendations could be made for, for chiropractors in different environments and how to sort of um, assist other professions, really, in, in using our services. We developed... Uh, professional practice tools that will help both chiropractors and other providers. And we're going to be piloting, we are currently rolling out the piloting of uh, the referral tool and the reporting tool, which are, are products of that process. And then we'll, we'll see how that works in terms of, uh, you know, lessons learned, and then hopefully roll it out to a, a broader group of chiropractors across the country. That's something that we're pretty excited about because it, it's not that different from processes that we do now. 
uh, I think that we have uh, clinics such as the St. Mike's Clinic or the um, Bronte Clinic where these kinds of notifications to, to physicians are a usual part of practice. And uh, they really do help the physicians come to understand what we can do. One of the things that was really interesting is um, not sure how, how much media this got across the country, but there's a group in Ontario called Health Quality Ontario. It actually guides the Ministry of Health on decision-making in, in health. And they actually put out a, a report last week looking at opioid use. And what it's seen is that there's a little tiny, you know, uh, teetering down of the number of prescriptions and the duration of prescriptions for opioid use in Ontario. But we're in an interesting position because Ontario is number two in the world behind the U.S. in terms of prescription for an opioid use. And um, one of the things that the government has decided to do is, or Health Quality Ontario has decided to really focus on new starts. They really feel that there's a, the best opportunity to deal with opioid use when we're when they're dealing with with new starts and new prescriptions and what they want to do is make sure that that physicians are taking a what they refer to it as a holistic approach to managing people's pain and what they really want to to do is make sure that physicians understand the choices that are available to them they also understand and actually the report describes in it that, that most people who become addicted to opioids start out using prescription opioids so if we can get tools like the product of the National Advisory Committee into the hands of physicians, we, we hope, we think it will actually give physicians, uh, you know, pause uh, or a reason to pause, consider what their options are, and hopefully choose a referral to a chiropractor to help manage pain. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of important resources going out. Um, and and yeah, hearing that 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 study just just recently came out, that's it's nice that there might be a little bit of a downturn starting to or downward trend starting when it comes to opioid prescriptions. So hopefully that continues. Um, kind of pivoting again, Tony. Um, we we mentioned it in your introduction that you're one of the opinion leaders and CCGI opinion leaders in Ontario. Being at the college, how? How would you say, or in what ways are CCGI resources kind of getting into the hands of students and, and getting integrated into the curriculum at the school? Well, it, it's a big task. It's an ongoing task. I think, here's my approach. I think we actually have to understand that, that students now, and new practitioners in the future, have kind of a different way of knowing things. So when I went to school, the the purpose of the volume of information that was taught was so that I had resources inside myself or had resources on how to find papers on the outside, um, you know, through, through library to help me make decisions. But an awful lot of what clinicians were doing in practice was really referring to what they had actually known inside. And, it, and now there's a different way of knowing. Now, students look for resources. So uh, there's a couple of analogies. One is, uh, if I'm 
if I'm sitting here in North York and there's a snowstorm and I have to decide how am I going to drive home to Pickering, it, if I was to use a traditional model of knowing, I, I think, well, I know that when the weather's bad, I'm probably better off to go this highway and I'm going to definitely avoid that highway. And it's just based on my past experience and, and, and what I know. Now, people will open up their phone and they'll look at their, you know, a, a Waze app or some type of a traffic app and they'll say, I don't need to memorize the ways home because they change. They're all constantly changing. Right now, I want to know what the best information is. I need it in front of me right now. And so we're using that sort of way of uh, approach to getting resources and how we unroll and use CCGI guidelines in front of students. So I'm a big believer in the app. I, I like the app. I have it on my phone. We talk about it in clinician development days. Yeah, I was talking, I was introducing it in a year one lecture earlier today. I actually think that it has to be, these have to be seen as problem solvers for students in real time. Then they'll get it. If this is a place where you go to find information that you now should memorize to refer to sometime in the future, it's not fitting with the new way of doing things. It might be how I use it, um, but you know, new learners actually need things right in front of them. So I actually, when we're talking about how we use CCGI, that's one of the ways. I really like that app. I actually think it's really important. But in a broader way, we use a lot of the tools. For instance, our clinical education courses all reference CCGI material in, in, the, um, in the curriculum. And uh, it's getting uh, picked up in, in other areas as well, in clinical sciences. And I think that's, that's really important. We have to really reduce the turnaround between the you know, the, the figure that I've heard is it takes 17 years for new information to find its way into the curriculum. We really have to be turning this around quickly. The CCGI, the optimal work that's done here at the CMCC OIT Center, are really good examples of how we can turn this around quickly. Um, and I, I actually, I think it's important. Students, students get evidence. Students get why we need to have new evidence in front of them. And I always use a baseball analogy, and, and you guys can tell me if you think this works, but when I'm a baseball fan, and when I watch the Blue Jays, I, if somebody is having difficulty hitting, they take batting practice. And I see review of evidence as a lot like taking batting practice. I'm, I'm going to be prepared for when I step up to the plate or when I get in the room with my patient. When I take batting practice, I'm thinking of new ways of doing things and, and, and problem solving. And I'm going to take advice from the best people to give advice. But when I step up to the plate or step into the room with a patient, it, whether or not this evidence is going to help me with that particular case, I don't know. But I do know that if I do use evidence, it's going to up my average because the evidence is informing me about the you know, the most likely outcome of treatment, the most likely reason for a prognosis happening or not happening. And then I'm going to weave in those other things like clinical experience. But that's actually, to me, it's a way of actually increasing your batting average. So um, that's, that's an analogy that I often use. But there's, a, there's a, another way that we are trying to get the CCGI information involved in clinical care as well. And that is, and I think this is an area that has a huge potential and that is to get the information to the patients so that they're educated consumers, right? An educated consumer is our best customer. Uh, that used to be a commercial here in Toronto. And in fact, 
It is. And so what we've done is we've taken the posters that CC Jazz produced and, and and put them up in the clinic. In fact, in our waiting room, we've got a, a large CCGI patient poster, which is right behind reception, right underneath our our monitor, um, where we have our, our news channel streaming. So that's sort of the focus of everybody's uh, time when they're in the waiting room. And we really want patients to be asking for, you know, the most evidence-based care. They want to be able to ask, what is the CCGI and how will it help me? Because I think we should actually be driving the conversation from the patient side as well. I think ultimately that will will help the whole process. It can't just be uh, on the clinician side. And I think that the CCGI website is designed with that in, in mind, right? I mean, it's got the clinician side, it's got the patient side, and, and then those in health policy or advocacy can see how this can help the discussion as well. So I think it's a it's a multi-pronged approach, but it's I'll tell you it's uh, an ongoing discussion. There's, there's still um, always a little bit of resistance about why guidelines, you know, might negatively impact decision making that I've developed over many years. And I think that's 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 not a bad position. It's a real position, and we just have to help, you know, through ongoing conversation, help people understand. How this can actually help everyone involved. Completely, yeah, and and we're constantly developing new resources and and trying to find new ways to get those resources to you're right not just clinicians but also patients, which is a really important aspect of what we're doing. And uh, in the very near future, we're hoping to um, make new updates to the website. And and you know, I've downloaded the website onto my phone, to the mobile site, so it's easy to access and. And, uh, you know, with YouTube videos coming out and we've recently launched our, our Facebook page for, for chiropractors and, and chiropractic students, uh, these are all ways of just keeping people connected and, and talking about best practices. Yeah, Tony, I, I actually really like your baseball analogy and, you know, along, along the lines of batting practice, like you can also think of, of something like a guideline as, as being kind of like a scouting report too. Um, you know, it's, it's hopefully giving, just giving clinicians and patients that best chance of success. Uh, so yeah, I actually think that's a great analogy. I also think that we're, we're helped by technology. So, um, as, as we continue to evolve such things as electronic health records and, and real-time resources for clinicians in the room. Uh, there, that's actually going to help the use as well. It would be really nice if instead of going to a phone, uh, you could be using a tablet uh, for your record keeping and it, this is just available through your tablet. You could go straight to the CCGI website. You can pull up, you know, as you can, you can pull up the videos, you can pull up, um, you know, instructions for exercises for uh, patients. I think those are the kinds of things that if you can get them into real time, it makes it a lot easier. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, this has been a really good conversation, but uh, unfortunately we'll have to wrap things up. Uh, I, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with us today. And, and for our listeners, uh, this is that time of the show where we ask you for a favor. Um, if you check your emails from the CCA, the National Survey should, should be in there. And if you can't find it in your inbox, then, then have a look on the CCGI Facebook page where you can find the, the survey for, for chiropractors posted. 
Yeah, we'd like to thank Dr. Tibbles again for joining us, and thanks to everybody, everyone for listening. We'll look forward to bringing you our next guest in a couple of weeks. Bye for now.